Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking, the NFL Owners Meetings edition. Zach Jackson and Jason Lloyd, uh, both just back from three or four days in West Palm for the NFL Owners Meetings. Uh, The first in-person meetings they've had in three years due to the pandemic. And boy, Jason, for better or worse, the Browns were the stars of the show. Uh, as we were talking right before we we came on live, that marks a sea change that the Browns would get any attention uh, outside having a high first-round pick, right? Um, we know what it's been. Everybody knows what the last two weeks have been like. It's kind of felt like a year, quite frankly. And this is going to linger, um, this being the Deshaun Watson situation with the potential NFL discipline still unsettled, with the 22 cases still unsettled. But I do think when you look at it from a perspective of for the Browns, like no chapter is closed, but the chapter is over in terms of the introduction, getting in front, saying what they had to say, being confronted with it, and then them hoping to some point they can move on. I mean, that's Jimmy Haslam basically said, "Hey, you know, we we have answered all our questions, right? Like this is this is where we were. This is what we did." And now, uh, I mean, he couldn't wait to stress to us yesterday. It was yesterday, right? That Deshaun Watson's going to be there when the Browns start football work on April 18th. Yeah, and, you know, I think the Browns did a nice job at Deshaun's introductory press conference of letting it go as long as they did. I don't know if we discussed this. Do we do a pot after that or not? I don't know if we Yeah, we, we did. It, it just it seems like such a blur, but we did last Saturday morning, I think. Okay, so, or so no, we didn't, did we? I, I don't even know. No, we. Didn't. I don't know either. I don't we think didn't. we did. No, we didn't. I thought we did. <laughs> it's just the last couple of weeks have just been such a whirlwind. So I, you know, I think I think the Browns did a, re- and I, in fact, I told a couple of people over there this. I think they did a nice job of letting it go as long as they did because a lot of times it's uncomfortable for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun to be sitting up there. And, and I thought the Cleveland media did an excellent job in the questions that were asked and the way they were asked. They were fair, they were tough, and they were needed. And they got it all out. And that's what I told a couple of the uh, Browns folks in West Palm, you know, while we were there is like, we can move on to football now. This has been addressed until there's something new, until a suspension comes down or, or new information involving the cases or anything else like that. In my mind, it's on to football because they addressed everything that could have possibly been addressed. They let it go for 35, 40 minutes. All the questions were asked that needed to be asked to the point where, Zach, I was surprised Kevin really didn't get any questions during his media availability. Now, the, the whole setup was an absolute friggin' disaster. But I really thought that, you know, the national media would come in and, and really kind of pepper Kevin with questions about Deshaun, 
And he did not get one in terms of the civil suits, in terms of the allegations, none of that. And, and I do feel like it's on to football now at this point. Everything's been asked. Everything's been answered. You may not like the answers that were given, but that's the way they're going to be answered. And there's, there's nothing else to say about that. It's a risk. It's a huge risk. We all know that. We all know what's at stake in terms of draft capital that was traded away, in terms of the contract. And in my mind, from, from this day forward now, it's on to football. Yeah, I think you're 95% right there. I, I think the one thing that is new is the commissioner addressing it post-trade, right, and saying two things. One, it's probably going to be suspension or nothing because if, if yeah. the commissioner's exempt list was in play, that would lead to uncertainty for the Browns, right? Now it seems like eventually they'll get a number. And, and it still might not be you know, soon or it might not be the beginning of the season, but that takes that out. And the second thing the commissioner saying, from our standpoint, now that the criminal investigations are over, we feel like we can broaden our investigation. So um, I know there's a general assumption out there that the settlement or non-settlement of the cases will be directly tied to the suspension. And I'm not saying that's wrong because I'm certainly not a lawyer, but to listen to Goodell and to look at the past precedent here, the NFL's investigation is going to determine whether or not Deshaun violated the personal conduct policy. The civil, the result of the civil suits is not going to determine that, right? So that will determine whether he gets suspended or not. And obviously, we know in this AFC, we know this trade wasn't made for one year, but we know in this AFC, if you don't have your quarterback for six or eight games, um, you know that that is significant. So, um, yeah, and 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 I agree, like the risk is going to linger because it's not just the suspension, right? It's not just the stink of it. It's the guaranteed contract. It's the all in nature. It's how everything has changed for the Browns and changed for the better. Um, you know, I just want to come out and, and say this, Jason, like I've been to the combine, to the senior bowl, to multiple pro days, to the NFL owners meetings, right? Like the overall feeling on and off the record from people that I've known for years, from people that are high up, and low down in teams, but do this stuff for a living has been that the Browns had to do this. It's been that it's no secret they were done with Baker Mayfield. Well, duh, right? Um, that they had to do this. And yes, there's trepidation still. Um, that's an exact word that comes from inside the building. Yes, there's uncertainty and an uneasiness on many levels from people throughout it. But what people have told Andrew Barry, Jimmy Haslam, Kevin Stefanski, is that they'd have done the same thing, right? That this is, you're either, as, as you said it the first time, you're either going to have Deshaun Watson or you're going to play against him. And there's only so many of these guys to have. The Browns did not have one, and now they do. So nothing's giving. You've mentioned all the risks. We know what the uncertainty that lies ahead. But the Browns can say we belong and we can contend on the football field because we have one and we didn't two weeks ago. And it guarantees them nothing. Uh, you know, when you talk about and, – and I, I I include Derek Carr in the elite list. I would probably put him seventh on that elite list. But to me, there's seven elite quarterbacks in the AFC. Deshaun's one of them. So you got a chip in a chair now. But there's seven playoff spots, and you've got seven elite quarterbacks. And, oh, by the way, that doesn't even take into account Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and New England. So there's ten teams that are perennial play, either perennial playoff teams or teams with an elite quarterback – for seven spots. And if you're looking at any sort of suspension at all, now you need Jacoby Brissett to go out to and, and win you some games. And and just like the number that's kind of stuck in my head is six. 
I, I've said that before. I think that's where the suspension goes. That's not inside information at all. That's just looking at the NFL conduct policy. Six games for sexual assault is the baseline. It goes up from there. If there's a weapon, if there's a child involved, there's nothing like that, obviously, with these allegations. Ben got six, got a couple knocked off on appeal. Ezekiel Elliott got six. I think given the fact that there's 22 of these allegations and not just one, I don't see how you go less than six if they got six. And maybe you get one or two knocked off on appeal like Ben did. Bottom line is Jacoby Brissett's going to have to win them some football games. And, and I think the Browns are aware of that. And I think they are ending the season knowing that. Yeah. Um, and that gets to what the Browns have built for two years, which Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have to win them football games. Right. That defense with Miles Garrett and presumably with Jadavian Clowney uh, has to win them football games. So, you know, Jason, post-pandemic, um, we just have not had these opportunities to be around these guys. And, you know, we, we talk about it all the time to, to have a real relationship with these guys. And that doesn't mean that they tell you stuff. That doesn't mean that they're your best friend. But when we're talking and writing about these guys, they might as well know us, right? It serves right. their interest. To, and, and if they do think we've crossed the line or said something wrong, to reach out person to person. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, when's the last time you sat four feet from Paul DePodesta? Because it was never for me before yesterday. You know, like it just wasn't. Um, yeah. You know what that means? I, I guess I, I, I got sidetracked a little bit, but I'm trying to say, you know, there's value for us and it is an event. And I just before we moved along, because we, we sat with the Haslams for over an hour, I believe we sat with Andrew and Deep Podesta for um, 30 minutes, probably maybe, maybe a little more than that. Now that the Stefanski part was was a little more formal and it wasn't um, us sitting around. BSing, it was a, you know kind of a standard press conference, right? But uh, I just wanted to, while we're talking meetings, because it is a big deal, um, even outside of what we addressed, I just wanted to make sure we got to the meetings items before we moved on to, to more stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's plenty more to cover with these meetings. And this was the first time that I'd ever attended. And I had no intention of going until the Deshaun trade went down. And then it was like, okay, well, I guess I better go. And, and what a scene it was. You know, I, I don't even know how I can properly describe the scene of, of what would have it would have been Monday night, the the gala or the reception or whatever you want to call it, where Bill Belichick can't be bothered to take the team photo or the coach's photo, but he shows up to this in a sport coat of all things. Like showered, brushed his hair, and put on a sport coat for this. And Robert Kraft was there with uh his girlfriend, who I think is my son's age, and he's twenty. And um <laughs> Roger I mean, she was, was at there. least 24. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. And and uh, and it, it was just, it, it, what a spectacle. And Roger Goodell was there with a glass of wine in his hand all night. All night. <laughs> and finally, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Well, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to sum it up by this. I, but I didn't know what the breakers was, guys, until last summer. Um, I know a lot of you do. And if you've been there, then it's an unreal place. It's like no place I've ever been, but this thing is so locked down that the police have to wear credentials. Yes. Right. To, I, to be I, at the NFL meetings. Like that's what struck me. One, if there's three things that struck me from the whole week, non Deshaun Watson version is that the police were wearing credentials as we were inside these meetings. I told the one cop. So the gun and the uniform isn't enough. You actually need a credential to get here as well. He said, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and, the, and they let the unclean leper sports writers mingle with the owners, the GMs and the coaches at this thing, which I've never seen anything like that. 
And, and Zach, I joked to you that it was like letting the caddies play the course on Mondays. That's what it felt like to have sports writers lingering with these people and mingling with these people at this event on Monday night. Uh, it was a great time. Of course, we all enjoyed ourselves. Uh, fascinating to watch. And it's, it's NFL access like I've never seen before. And I'm fairly new to NFL coverage. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. Half of it was in a pandemic. And, and like I said, uh, it was the first time I'd attended the owner's meetings. I've spent 10 years covering the NBA. I've never seen anything like that. There's nothing in the NBA comparable to where you get the owners, the coaches, and the GMs with uh, alcohol zooming through their system um, all night long. And, and it's the only it was, time it was a treat. you do it, right? It's the only time you do it. Because even now, like the combine has become so big, you don't get that kind of access, right? You might right. You might share the same elevator or the same sidewalk or even very temporarily a bar stool in the area code of one of these guys, but you don't get the access you get at the owner's meetings, right? And it's at the, it's always in a tropical, ridiculously expensive location. And it's always at the time of the year where everybody's undefeated and everybody's good, right? Because the offseason just started. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's still a cloud that hangs over the Browns as they move to the second and third waves of free agency. And, and I don't mean that to assume any guilt. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They knew what they take, took on, Jason. And I've been around this in sports long enough to know that presentation matters. So they haven't won or lost any game. They don't know how Deshaun's going to fit the offense and who, who they're playing the first game and whether he's going to be there or not, right? But there was an element inside this building of winning these first 10 days. And they weren't going to win. Go back to the press conference. No minds were changed last Friday, right? They needed to present it in a certain way. They needed to present what's pretty clear to me, their strategy of they're going to put them in the community. They're going to slowly earn trust. They're going to be well aware that people have trepidation, that people have concerns, and they're going to gradually go forward. I mean, guys, the trade is not getting rescinded, right? Uh, the Browns feel like there's no third door. There's nothing else coming. They have their comfort level, whether it's 100% or not. Go back and watch a press conference. Look at read reactions and read words. I don't know it's 100%, but they went 100% all in, and that was the gist of your column. The Haslams have had a real bad 10 years, and that's there, and they both talked seriously and laughed about it with us yesterday, right? But it's out there, and this team, this organization, has never been as out there as it is right now. Yeah, uh, you know, the column I put up last night after – as we were headed to the airport and, and leaving, uh, you know, Jimmy and D flat out said they were not prepared for this and they didn't know what they were doing. Like the owners of the franchise said, it's fair to say we did not know what we were doing. How terrifying is that? Uh, but there's, there's no playbook for this. And I, I asked them about, you know, being the minority owners of the Steelers preparing any way. And they said, no, you know, when they got there, all the people were in place. Kevin Colbert was there. Roethlisberger was there. Mike Tomlin was there. They were all established in these roles. The three most important positions in the organization, they had stability. They had talented people. They had smart people uh, running those those spots. And, you know, Jimmy joked that they were fitted for a Super Bowl ring. They got their rings before they even had to cut an equity check. And he looked around and said, well, this is easy. And they got to Cleveland and realized, no, it, it's not. And they've just never been able to put a foundation in place. You know, I wrote a couple of years ago, they've had Paul DiBenesta here for quite a few years and they've never bothered to listen to him. You know, everything that he sort of suggested, they went the other way on. And, 
And then when they finally started listening to Paul, that's when Kevin comes on. That's when Andrew comes on. And now they've got a little bit of stability. And, and I think they've got it right now in terms of head coach and, and GM. I think they've got the right guys in place. And you hope that they just leave it alone. And Zach, you asked Jimmy, you told Jimmy, this is the first time in your tenure that they're entering their third year together, coach and GM. And he laughed like, yeah, I know. It's awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was really, it was really kind of a cackle. And, but, 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 you know, I'll give him credit for being transparent and not trying to hide behind some foolish mistakes that they've made. They're very open in that and in, in some of the mistakes that they've made. And they've tried every which way to find a quarterback. They even got the number one pick and the guy they got was okay. Baker's fine. He's not elite. And and they saw this as their opportunity to finally go out and get an elite quarterback when these guys never become available. They never become available in the prime of their careers. These guys get locked up. It doesn't matter what city they are drafted to. Once they're there, they're there for 10 years or more. And the fact that Deshaun became available, uh, you know, they felt like this was their chance. They had to overspend to get them. But, but this is how they fix 10 years of mistakes. Or this is how they inscribe their tombstone as NFL owners because this will finish them if it doesn't go well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, I got an analogy for you and for everybody listening. I don't know if you guys have ever been to West Palm. It's a pretty incredible place. I thought Jason's description of letting the caddies play the course was spot on, but it also is like 5% of what me and Jason look like and how we live based on being there, right? Like the place is un unreal. And yep. at this time of year, it's peak season. So that means the richest of the rich, the partiers of the partiers, everybody comes there, right? Some to be seen, some to get away. Um, the Browns for many years, specifically under the Haslam's, had a real nice car, and they were weaving through that traffic real recklessly, right? <laughs> the Browns of the last couple of years had a real understated car with real good tires, and they were in no hurry when that I-95 traffic was jammed up. They were going to wait their turn, right? Now they're back, Jason, in a car that everybody notices, and they got to get there in a hurry and there's 95 traffic and there's unforeseen things, right? And it's really crowded in the race in the AFC, the way it was really crowded to get over that fucking bridge to get to the breakers. Right. Um, everything's changed. You know, they were able to draft for need. They were able to sign for need. They Austin Hooper was an awful contract. The jury's very much out on Jedrick Wills. Um, Andrew Barry is really sharp. And I think he's going to continue to navigate through this. And I have no doubt that through this five-month odyssey that it was more like a 12-month odyssey. And I have no doubt that anything we heard about him leading the way is true. 
But the facts are the facts that everything's changed now, right? And they didn't have a great first offseason, and they need everybody because they're up against the cap for the present and the future, more the future. Uh, they need Amari Cooper to be right. They need Deshaun to be more than right, right? They still have areas to fix, and they still have to draft well because they need young, inexpensive legs um, to navigate 20-plus game seasons. So this is this is a brand, brand new game, and the spotlight is on even outside of 22 civil suits and lingering feelings from that. Like it's never been before. The pressure is on like it's never been before. Um, one of the old scouting cliches that I like to throw out is the three Ps, right? The passer, the play caller, and the pass protection. Well, they didn't have the passer. They've believed since day one they have the play caller. The pass protection, you have Conklin on one knee and one year left on his deal, and you have Jedrick Wills, who's a face supposed to be a face of this franchise. The first draft pick these guys made. He needs to be better. They've really mm-hmm. invested in the guards. You know, they're they're going to have a competition at center. This team has invested over and over again at offensive line and at running back to protect the quarterback, and now they have a quarterback they feel like eventually can let loose. So it's there. Uh, and I just think it's fascinating. I, I do. I think this team could win 12 games, win the division, be in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC. And I think, especially with the suspension, this team could be in fourth, third or fourth place and not be 500. And uh, so that drive down 95, I truly don't know what's next. Yeah, it's interesting you put it that way because, you know, as we're wrapping up and some of the owners were talking yesterday, you know, we didn't really hear a whole lot from the owners before yesterday, but yesterday they started to speak up a little bit about the Haslam's and, and it just feels like Jimmy and D let a match in the fireworks room and then walked out and left the other owners to clean it up. And there's not a lot of people very happy with, with the contract that they gave Deshaun. And we heard from Steve Bishotti saying he shouldn't have been the first one. He probably shouldn't have been the first one to get that kind of money. And the way that it, it's now sort of resetting the bar. And you heard from Arthur Blank from the Falcons, who was also in on this, on, on Deshaun saying, you know, 80 million more guaranteed the most in the history of this sport, 102 years, yes. you know, read between the lines. He's very clearly not real happy with the contract uh, and what the Haslam's have done here. Um, that's not Jimmy and D's concern. They've got their guy, but the collateral damage on this is real. And, and maybe it was a brilliant move because they really jacked up two of their division rivals now in the Bengals and Ravens who are soon going to have to negotiate. The Ravens are up against it. It's here with Lamar Jackson and, and the Bengals soon enough with Joe Burrow. And then you look at the Chargers with, with Justin Herbert and all these teams with these young quarterbacks, you're going to have to do new deals. Every agent is going to hold up this Deshaun deal is the, is the benchmark now for all of these contracts. And it really is sort of thrown a wrench into uh, these NFL owners. And it's a, it's a small group of people we're talking about, right? Like it's not, this contract isn't going to affect the best left tackles even, or the best edge rushers. We're really talking about quarterbacks here, and we're really only talking about seven to 10 quarterbacks. Uh, but it's but it's real. For those teams, it's real. And I just can't help but think that they're cussing out Jimmy and D under their breath. Like, these people have just been a disaster since we let them into the fraternity, and now they're messing us up. Like, it's fine if they just want to stay in their own yard and they just want to, you know, dig holes all over their own yard. But now they're cutting down our trees and, and yeah. messing up our landscaping. 
And you just get the sense, and, 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 you know, they both said yesterday, well, nobody said anything to us. We've been here and we've interacted with almost every owner and nobody said anything to our face. Well, let me tell you, as soon as that back was turned, they had no problem telling reporters what they really thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So imagine what they said when the mics weren't on, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Jason, part, I, I don't disagree with anything you said, but part of it is, of course, Steve Bashati's pissed off, right? Like they drove his direct price up right now. That's yep. who they, yep. that's who they play. That's what their business they're in. It's like me moving into your neighborhood and now you got to pick up white claw cans all over the place, right? I'm your neighbor now, right? <laughs> I'm calling the cops. <laughs> like, it's just, um, so I get it. And, and as when I saw, when you first showed me the Arthur Blank quote, like my jaw did hit the floor. When I saw the Bashadi one, I thought, well, this is, this is just a certain way. And, of course he feels that way. Like, I'm glad yeah. that he said it, right? We we want truth from these guys, you know? So, um, you know, as far as the lay of the land for the Browns, I would expect it now that these meetings are over for it to be quiet. Uh, the voluntary program will start on April 18th, which is two weeks from this coming Monday. They're expecting strong turnout. Um, they'll probably do like a formal media availability with some of the players and they'll share some video and stuff. You know, I think the coach and GM, We'll still talk pre-draft, but A, they won't say anything. And B, obviously you're not counting down to a top draft pick. They don't pick until 44. So we'll see there. So um, maybe there's some other loose loose ends team business um, for the end of the pod. But I, I want to get to Baker, Jason. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, what Andrew Barry said, and, and you guys I'm sure have seen it on Twitter or The Athletic or both uh, by, by now, um, is what he had to say. And in theory, it's true. Uh, even though the leverage is gone, it's the GM's job to say, to try to keep his leverage. And we know this GM in particular is, you know, going to s- stick to his his guns. The fact is, Baker Mayfield was never playing for the Browns again. The Browns decided that when they got on that flight to Houston. Um, the fact is, it's going to be ugly and awkward. And even though this will change, right now, March 30th, 31st, whatever the hell day it is, there is a zero market for Baker Mayfield. Now, maybe Seattle, the one team atop the list, changes that and maybe a move is made before the draft is even over because it's just not going to happen now. The Seahawks aren't going to pay the money and they're not going to tip their draft hand when they hold the nine, number nine pick in the draft. And they haven't had first round picks. They traded, you know, a top seven quarterback in this league, a guy who won them a Super Bowl and got them to another uh, this year to get first round picks and to, and to go forward. Um, Teams, everything that's out there about Baker, teams know. The Browns weren't making him their first pick when the offseason started. That's obvious. It was obvious then if you've listened and read. Um, that's obvious now. No other team was was doing it either. Um, even though $19 million is a discount by quarterback standards, it's a lot of money for teams that have already gone through the first wave of free agency. And it's not like what the Browns are going to do in June and August which is sit and wait for a receiver, for a defensive lineman, for safety to hit the market. Your quarterback room is different. It's delicate. You have a certain pecking order. You get guys in. You allow them to work and grow together, and you treat it with more care than anything. At least any team worth the shit does, right? So the fact is the Browns are on the hook for a fully guaranteed $19 million for Baker Mayfield. And though I, if there's anybody that I trust to eventually maximize that deal, it's Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta. Right now, there's just no market for him. There's just no trading him. And the only way out is to eventually pay part of the salary, which is fine, 
concede the picks. I mean, like I said, I'm, I, I have nothing but utmost respect for Andrew, but when he says we're fine either way, salary cap-wise, like, no, you're trying to win the Super Bowl. So $19 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And I guess, you know, the way I look at it is, I'm, I'll call this April. It's March 30th, but I'll, let's say it's April. It's only April. They don't play a game for five months. Right. So they have time on this. And, you know, he's – obviously they can excuse him uh, on April. Was it 19th, 18th, 19th? And they don't need to excuse him till June because that's voluntary. But, yes. Yeah, but, but that's my point is that, you know, he's not going to be back in the facility. But they don't have to – they can let this play out. They can let this play out through the draft. They could let this play out through OTAs. And, you know, you wouldn't think a quarterback is going to get hurt then, but who knows? Uh, they're they're going to need some sort of movement across the league that right now does not exist uh, because the teams that don't have a the, – the teams that have a quarterback that aren't as good as Baker don't care about winning this year, so why make that move? Right. And, and really, I mean, Baker can sort of screw with this a little bit too and tell teams, listen, you can trade for me, but I'm not staying. You know, I'm playing out the last year of my deal, and I'm, and I'm leaving, and I'm off, and I'm going to go where I want to go. So, you know, he does – he can sort of muddle this up a little bit if, if, if he so chooses. And I just really wonder where, where he's at right now when, when he sees that, like, nobody wants him right now. And, and that's sort of been – I know the whole narrative and the chip on his shoulder and all that is that he's been the underdog. And, I mean, listen, you won a Heisman Trophy and you're the number one pick in the draft. So a lot of that doesn't hold much water with me. But now it's pretty clear. Now the entire NFL is telling you, you know, no, thank you. And, and, you know, the fact he wanted to go to Indianapolis and the Colts are like, no, you know what? We're going to take 36-year-old Matt Ryan, even though he's at the end of his career and he's only got a couple years left. We, we like that option better than this guy who we could have in our building for the next 10 years if we so chose. Uh, it's really sort of startling. And it, it should be sort of an eye-opener and, and, and a humbling experience for him of, hey, you know what? I fought this and, and I didn't want to listen to these people, but maybe they were right and maybe I need to, to make some adjustments here and make some changes. Because uh, I do think he will be, I think he is a starting quarterback in this league. I think he's better than a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be starting games this year if he's not. Um, but he's got some growing up to do. And, you know, I, you and I have both been pretty blunt and forward on that and pretty clear on that. And that's sort of playing out now in real life. And now everyone else is seeing what we've been telling you this whole time. A lot of other teams see it and feel the same way. And, and I can tell you the Browns have absolutely no idea right now how this is going to end. None. Like they're just sort of sitting back and waiting to see if a market develops. But right now they're, they have no inclination of which way this is going to go, where he's going to land, uh, what they would have to attach to him to move the money. If they can move all the money, they have no idea right now how this is going to go. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Right. Um, we, we told you before um, about the nature of the meetings. Of, of course, you're there for the on-the-record stuff, but you get the off-the-record stuff and, and some of it is 100 miles from, you know, you heard that from us. The Indianapolis Colts said this, we never, ever, ever wanted Baker Mayfield. And yes, you did hear that from us, <laughs> right? They, they yep. didn't come out and yep. say it. It's not attached to Reich. It's not attached to Ballard, who, oh, by the way, is one of his John Dorsey's best friends. Um, but they said we we never wanted him, and, and that's how it was. So, you know, maybe it will eventually be Dorsey in the Lions. Maybe it will be Seattle. Um you know, Carolina, there was the mutual disinterest report. I mean, the, the fact is there they have their own fifth year option guy in Sam Darnold who's failed and they're stuck with the guaranteed money. So like I said, the, the Browns do have the money, but you want to keep it you want to free it up because you would like better you would like to not have to pinch pennies because cap money rolls over in the NFL. And, you know, they are already committed like with Amari Cooper's contract into dead money way down the road. And that's part of chasing a Super Bowl, but that's also how part how you can't keep your team together when guys do develop and they feel like they are building a core, right? It's they're not going to bat a thousand. They're not even going to bat five hundred in the draft. They're not going to bat a thousand. They might not bat three fifty in free agency. That's the nature of the beast. But you see, why does Tyreek Hill get traded? Because you just have to make a decision. And I'm sure there's more layers to that, right? But eventually you have to do that, and especially now as teams are going to get into the $250 million guaranteed to the best quarterbacks in the game. And, oh, by the way, those guys are all 25 years old, right? Like you're going to see this. And, and you know, yes, it feels slimy with the way the Browns structured Watson's contract. But, yes, they do have precedent for doing that. And, of course, you want the extra year when you make this trade, right? The if Andrew Barry was giving up three ones and three other picks, of course he was getting the extra year from Deshaun Watson as, as part of the deal. That That's just business. And so that's this whole thing. It's business, and the Browns feel like they're in business right now a lot more. It's going to be awkward business with Baker Mayfield. Um, and, you know, down the road there's still players on this team that you know that might not be here. They might be here hopefully for the good times, but certainly aren't going to be here for a long time as the team takes on this cap stuff. Right, I mean Austin Hooper still counts seven million in dead money next year, um, but they feel like again this is on and off the record, right, Jason? With the quarterback they have now, they can get things figured out schematically, chemistry. When the games really count, they feel like they have a chance against anybody, and I'd be hard pressed to disagree. Yes, they they feel like they've got a guy who can go in them football games now. And, and I'm not sure they felt that way in the past. Um, I'm curious. I don't know if I, all the time we spent together the last few days, I don't know if I asked you this. Is there any chance at all that they just leave him on the roster and let him rot this year? 
and not cut him. If there's no market for him and they can't move him and they don't want to just eat the salary and like, what's the difference in, in if you cut him or eat, like if you have to eat the salary one way or the other, why would you just release him and let him go where he wants to go? Um, is there any chance at all that they just leave him there, leave him on the roster? And, and obviously he's not going to be in uniform. He's not going to be on the sidelines and just let him rot. There's zero chance it would go the whole season. There is a small chance it would go through the trade deadline that way. Um, if they are forced to release him, Jason, and he signs somewhere else, even for the minimum, they at least get that money back. Right. Right. So yeah, there's a chance it could play out that way. Um, I doubt it. And like I said, I, I think some team probably injury spurred, but maybe not. Um, you know, some of these teams look, there's there's a pretty clear line right now where you are in the AFC. If you're not on the right, because you, you started listing off those teams, right? I mean, there's four teams in the AFC West alone that think they can win the Super Bowl. Yep. There's three teams in the AFC North that think they can win the Super Bowl. And the fourth is Mike Tomlin, who's coached 240 games in his career, and 239 of them the Steelers have been in contention. <laughs> right? And they made the playoffs last year with 55-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who looks and moves like me. <laughs> right, so I know people are down on Mitch Trubisky, and I get it, but that's not a downgrade, guys. <laughs> it's not like yeah. right off the Steelers at your own peril. Like you know, that's Tyreek Hill now plays for the Dolphins, who also have Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, like I, I guess what I'm saying is, some team is going to look at their room through the experimentation stage of April and May and June. And not like it. And there will be a market. There's just none right now. Um, the Browns, and, and I think Stefanski truly believes this, there is value in the offseason program, right? Um, I, I I respect it, and I know that what he feels like, that they, they, they weren't able to do some things the last couple of years because of circumstances that he would like to do. That being said, we've seen it with the Rams, and we've seen it over and over again. When you have a real team in the NFL, it's not about May. It's sure as shit not about May, and it's really not about August either. It's about having your guys when it counts. I mean, the Rams didn't even have Von Miller and Odell on the team until a certain point last year, right? They acquired Matthew Stafford in February, didn't play him a lick in the preseason, didn't do anything in OTAs. I think they turned out just okay, right? So it's always the Jimmys and Joes over that, but there are there is building things, and I think given – Last year, I think the Browns feel like, okay, you know, with just a little better injury luck and a little better chemistry and vibe in the building, like we could be a lot better. And 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 the crux of this trade, it's about the future and it's about the ceiling. But it's also like if we just hit a couple easy ones and extend a couple drives, then we're 10-7 and seven instead of 8-9 and nine and we're in the playoffs. And then somebody has to tackle Nick Chubb 25 times in January, right? Even as bad as what? <laughs> I mean, the Bengals won the AFC. Like, the Bengals, until two weeks ago, were only better than the Browns at QB1 and wide receivers 1 and 2. That's it. Yep. Right? I agree. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, as bad as the Browns' offense was, if the Bengals don't come back and beat the Chiefs in Week 17, and that game is for all the marbles on Sunday Night Football in Week 18, is it a guarantee the Bengals even win it and even get in the playoffs? No. no. I mean, I think they would have won it, right? Because they had the better quarterback. The Browns clearly had warts. I mean, the Browns ran for 220 on the Packers and lost the fucking game because he threw it to the Packers six times and four of them, they caught it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, that game. 
So, yeah. So, look, um, the vibe is going to be weird. But the energy is going to be high. The expectations are going to be welcomed. You know, one of the things I asked Jimmy is about welcoming the expectations. And it is going to be different. And suspension or no suspension, it's not going to be about September. But this AFC is going to be wild. I'm excited for the schedule release. You know? I was just going to say that. I was just going to ask <laughs> you about that. The schedule all of a sudden. Like normally, I don't care about the schedule. It is what it is. You know who the opponents are. The order doesn't matter. The order matters now. If, if you're counting on Deshaun's going to sit some games, suddenly the order of teams and, and who's where and, and when, that suddenly matters. Sure. The one certainty on the schedule to me is that Houston will be one o'clock Sunday as they try to downplay that given the circumstances. And you can probably look at at Washington as a one o'clock Sunday game too. But name me another game that couldn't be on Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, Sunday at 425 marquee Browns, Bucks, Browns, Patriots, Browns at Bills. Every AFC North game is like a life or death fight. And it's been that way, right? But like it's a marquee life or death fight now. Um, so it's going to be fun. It, it really, I, I guess, you know, Brown's at Carolina. But my man, what if Carolina shifts course and ends up with Baker Mayfield? Holy crap. That'll be a Monday night game or a Sunday <laughs> night game if that happened. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Enjoy it. Like, if you're a Browns fan and you're still around, then then I don't need to tell you to enjoy it. If you're a Browns fan and you feel a certain way about this, hey, we get it. And, and the book is not closed. But just from our perspective, the book being wide open, that's fun. And feeling like the Browns have guys who know what they're doing and they're prepared for this as anybody could be and are as comfortable with this as anybody could be and saying we've done a good enough job that we're ready for this and we're going to give this a go. Like I said, I think the Browns can win the AFC North, and I think the Browns can be in fourth place in the AFC North. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of my summer in the meantime. But, man, I'm excited for September. Yeah, uh, whatever the max is on games, on national TV games, I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to hit it this year. Uh, we went through that a couple years ago, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of interest, good, bad, or otherwise, and how this is going to go. And some people are interested because they, they, they want to see another car crash. And some people are interested because, uh, you know, they're Browns fans and feel like they got it right. But everybody right now, everybody in the NFL is talking about Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. You stole my car analogy. But anyway, this was good. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening, for reading. Um, you know, it, it's certainly no credit to us. I think it's just the circumstances, but. Listenership and readership has been way up. Welcome aboard. Thank you. We enjoy doing this. Um, there's certainly worse places to be for three days than West Palm in March. Um, we're buckled up and ready for everything else, and we hope you'll come along for the ride. You got any closing thoughts, Jason? Nope. I'll talk to you in April when uh, when when the when these guys all when they get the band back together again. You guys just wait till you see my fourth round mock draft. I'm gonna cook it up nice and <laughs> talk to you soon. <laughs> 